Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college shooters do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray. That's Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on this fantastic Friday to talk some sports with you. So give us a call. Join the adventure, the ride. Let's do it. 718-664-9098. Like always, send us your emails. Ray and Tate today at gmail.com. Tweet at us, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to iTunes.com backslash Ray and Tate today. YouTube us. We're everywhere. Ray, we got a great guest joining us from Fox Sports and the NFL Network. Friend to the show. This is the third or fourth time we've had him, Charles Davis. Kind of giving us a little update on the 2015-2016 college football season. You know, they're getting in the training camp in the heat, and then also kind of recapping that NFL draft for us because we need an expert to give his thoughts. But we got to start off with this NBA Finals. Ray, we both predicted it, predicted it to happen just the way that it happened. We even said that there would be one blowout, 21 points. But the series is now tied 2-2. But after last night, what feeling do you have with the Warriors winning, the Cavs' fatigue, and sort of the new fast lineup? I'm worried if I'm a Cavs fan because they found a way, the Golden State Warriors did and Steve Kerr did, to shake up the Cavs. They went with a small lineup, and they were beaten. Timothy Mosgov had his best game of the playoffs. But you know what? They got the ball out of LeBron's hands. They shook up the rhythm. They made other people create, and they found a way. Now, it also helped that they shot better on their end, and Andre Iguodala gave them a great game. But I tell you what, I'm very what happy to say I'm a Warriors fan. Well, yes, you have to be happy as a Warriors fan. But as a Cavs fan, I've been screaming in the beginning of the series, one, you have to play Marion and Miller, which I think the players in the locker room, there were reports that they were pretty upset about, you know, again, going seven deep when you could see how tired the players were. It's almost like Blatt just doesn't even pay attention to it. Now, granted, earlier in the season, people ripped him because he was doing 10, 11 guys. Well, now he's locked on seven, and it's just it's, it's unhealthy for the team. But at the same time, playing David Lee, who could score inside, which I said in the beginning, would be a great thing. And, you know, listen, Curry didn't play a great game. LeBron, you know, still almost had a triple-double. But when you shoot, their shooters were, what, four for 27 from three-point range. At some point, you have to put in Jones and Miller because J.R. Smith and Shumpert couldn't hit, you know, the side of a, a moving truck. I mean, it was horrible. It was really bad. Let's bring in our caller. We got a caller here that wants to talk about the finals. Is this O from D.C.? What up, O? Yes, yeah, going on, fellas. Me. Hey, what's so, going on? So what? We said it'd be two-two. What do you think, and how do you think it goes going forward? Because the Warriors have definitely awakened. Well, I think it's going to go six games. I, I just think that 
I don't know why Steve Kerr went away with the success of that small lineup because you can say that in the first three games he never went to small lineup. He did a little bit in the third game towards the end when he cut the 20-point lead down. But there's been nobody in the league that can stop that small lineup because of how they run and space the floor. And I'll say this. The reason why I think that Black's not putting Marion and Miller in there, Miller especially, he's a defensive liability. The defense that that, that, first, that that six to seven men put on is the best defensive unit they have, which has been keeping Steph Curry in check. Because we know if he's had a series like he had last, last um, series, they would have got swept. He hasn't had 29 points in any game. And all those points have been hard points. But I think they did but, the right Oh, you got to let your players breathe a little bit. I mean, even with LeBron going into the cameras, I think there was some drama with it because LeBron just needed a rest. Yeah, he's bleeding, but your head can bleed. I mean, I got hit with a pebble once and my head was bleeding. So, you know, your head can bleed easily. I think LeBron was chilling because he was exhausted. Della Vadova was cramping again. Uh, Thompson and Timo Fay, they're running out of energy. You know, I think it, you could say the back, you know, the only one night off, I think, hurt them after, you know, what, four games and five nights. Now, going to game six, they'll have more energy. I mean, to game five, I think in Golden State, they'll have more energy. But Stephen A. pointed this out, and it's like, you got a question. Do they almost, you know, not give away a game? But so they have energy to win in game six at home. Do they kind of figure out a way to preserve themselves more, i.e. playing nine, ten guys, so that they can win game six and then have that three days rest for Friday the 19th for game seven? How would you play? They it? might do that. They might throw in the towel uh, a little bit earlier. They did it at about the two-minute mark in this game, uh, this past yeah. game, and they might do it a little earlier because, like you said, uh, they're going back home and they have to win. I think they'll lose game five. They have to win game six. Obviously, they're back against the wall, and then and then anything can happen in game seven. I think that's probably what Vlad is playing for. Well, what do you think about that, Oak? I don't think that Steve Kerr is trying to let it go back to Cleveland. Uh, I mean, let, let go back to Oracle to end the game, to end the series. I think that he knows already if they get up on a good, comfortable lead, the best thing is to put James out. If he has 30 minutes, if it's out of hand, put him on a bench to rest. So they don't want to lose at home, and we know that. So what I would counteract that with is saying, okay, I'm going to put the reserves, like, like Livingston, and they believe been productive. Even if they're scoring, they've been productive at shutting down what they've been showing. And I think a lot of it is that we've been – really hyping up Cleveland Cavaliers on people. And Deladovich is reverted back to what he's been doing all season. I mean, he's really got the green light where he would never have had it if Kyrie Irving was there. So we got to be honest with that. Well, right, but wait, wait, wait. Lombardi said okay. it best. Fatigue makes cowards of all men. So Della Vadova, he's tired. So, yeah, he can't be all over the court and playing great defense. But if the man is rested – I think you're going to see Scrappy Delavadova again, don't you? But they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody on the roster to really give him a rest. The thing is, a lot of their bench are wing players that don't play yep. defense, right? Marion exactly. and, and uh, you know what I mean. And so and they've got and Miller, Marion and Miller, the M and M. Well, and James Jones needs to play more. No, no, I agree with that. I'm talking about the actual physical days. So when you you know have this gap from Thursday to Sunday. Right, and then you'll have Sunday to Tuesday, which isn't much. But even like if you can survive Game Six, which is why I don't think you go bonkers in Game Five. 
Game seven is Tuesday to Friday. Friday night will be the most intense game seven we might ever have seen just because they'll have full rest. I'm not sure they'll win game six, though. So that that's the big yeah. game, right? I think everybody's exactly. almost in agreement that five is, is going to go to the Warriors. So the question is, at the queue, can they? The I think they will just because of LeBron. I, I don't think LeBron will give a, will give that up. I really, I think I can't see, I can't see him giving that up, you know. And um, that's that's going to be fascinating. Listen, this has been a, a already the Cavs have already done more than anyone really thought they could achieve, or even you know whatever. So I would have to say I'm I'm, I'm proud of them and happy for them and stuff like that. But to me, you get this close, you got to find your best strategy to try to win it. You know, uh. I, I agree with you, but I think the difference is, is that with a small lineup and them pushing the tempo, pressuring them at the pressuring them at the three quarter point to bring the rock up, all that's fatiguing them more. And the thing is that it is a big issue. LeBron James has to score forty plus points to make it a two point game. That's why they got beat by twenty one. He only had twenty last night, and that's the fact that he has to get every game to make it to make it where they're close and. What they do with the double now, is he going to be able to get 40? It's going to be a hard 40 if he gets 40, but he's expending yeah. so much energy. That's where they're going to key on him. They're going to, if they see double now, they're going to make certain it gets out of his hands. And once it gets out of his hands, they're daring You're right. to beat us. And I think well, that's hold on, because we're, we're getting ready to talk to our guest. Charles guest. Davis is going to join us. Charles, are you with us? No, no, hold on just one second. I'm going to go get him. Okay. Charles Davis, everybody, will be joining us from NFL Network and Fox Sports. Gives you great college football and NFL insight. Path to the Draft, one of my favorite shows. Charles breaks it all down. So, friend to the show and, you know, does a great job. Nobody knows the draft better than Charles and Daniel Jeremiah and Mike Mayock. They are truly uh, experts and you know him and Gus Johnson on Fox for college football every Saturday. That's a treat for anybody that loves football games. So you know, listen, just that's that that's what it's all about. We're getting hyped up in the summer for right. a we're, little we got bit. Our, we got our guest Charles Davis. Well, Charles, welcome back to the show, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Oh, uh, we're doing great. We're doing great, Charles. Good. Glad to hear that. But we, we know you're busy, so we wanted to just jump right in. And I know, you know, we found out that you're doing golf, too, now. So you've got, you're got our, our college guy, our pro guy, our golf guy. You're all over it. We love it. <laughs> I'm pretty happy, pretty fortunate. I've got a little bit of golf in my background from days gone by. I was the tournament director of a PGA Tour event. Um number of years back and so happy to kind of get back into the golf world trust me i won't be sitting there in any towers calling shots or <laughs> greens or anything like that because that would be commonly known as fraud so okay. <laughs> we, we're, we're so not we'll, going to do that we'll get back to your wheelhouse so yeah finished a pretty interesting nfl draft we watch you every day on, on road to the draft and and now mini camps so looking back what do you think of this draft? What do you think about, uh, you know, some of the player movement? And then, what, you know, are there three or four teams that really stood out as having an outstanding draft? 
Well, you know, let's just talk about the draft in total. I think that going into it, we all thought that the receiver position would be strong and deep again. It was. Um, We had a good number of receivers that went real early in the draft, and then all the way through the draft, there are guys who can play. I mean, the receivers were so deep that we've we've got undrafted free agents that I think are going to make an impact, that are going to be players in the league. They may not catch 60 balls the first year, but they're going to make teams, work their way through. And, and, you know, like a Julian Edelman who had to change positions and learn his craft, some of them may pay off down the road. I'll give you a name, DeAndrew White from the University of Alabama. He's a guy that was undrafted. I think he's going to be a player in the league. I think he'll make his, his market special teams early. But give him a little bit of time, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him become a guy who can be an excellent special teamer and catch 30 to 40 passes a year for you. So wide receivers, big-time group. I thought that interior defensive line, pass rushers, we knew were going to be a big story. They were. Some of it was negative. But what we also learned along the way is, depending on what your transgression was and the frequency (laughs) of them, that's what's going to be the issue. Shane Ray, he gets popped on, what, Monday of draft week, Oh my! When we saw right? that, we, yeah. we were we were we were shocked, yeah, right? Yet his fall got stopped in Denver at what twenty seven. Now, if you're going to fall, <laughs> yeah, you're going to lose money. But how about fall? You know, what's that old term? Falling up. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you fall, but into a better situation. How to about Peyton Manning and Demarcus Ware? That's a good place to fall, yeah. Charles. <laughs> right. Right, and think also the it. second contract is where is where the real money is. Bingo. So so think about it this way. Just what you guys said. Everything you said, I'm totally I'm co-signing with you. But how about this? You're getting tutored now by Demarcus Ware and Von Miller. Mm. And in any pass rush situation, if you, he's going to be on the field, you got three big time pass rushers on the field. It should open things up for a guy like Shane Ray. Because until he proves differently and until they prove differently, where are you going to set your blocking? Find Miller, find where. Can you really find three guys? (laughs) So if you're Shane Ray, it's terrific. Now, to go back to the transgressions in frequency, Randy Gregory, who may have been a top five pick from Nebraska, his stuff was so extensive and so so, so deep that he just kept falling and falling and finally, Dallas said, what the heck? We're going to sign Greg Hardy anyway. Let's double down. Yeah. We've got the infrastructure in place. <laughs> and we've got the right <laughs> locker room and the right people. And, the, and once again, it tells us what? Talent is going to get more opportunities, isn't it? Because yeah. if Randy Gregory had just been a guy in college, he would have been off of every draft board, all 32, and never would have gotten picked. Now he gets a chance to prove that he can put that behind him and go out and be the player and and fulfill his deal. So all that kicked in. Now, when we talk about different teams that did well, the last thing I'm going to say on it is, to me, in the first round, we had controversial picks. Ray could be qualified as one about whether he'd get to go in the first round. We kept talking about whether Gregory might still go off the board. But I thought when the St. Louis Rams took Todd Gurley at 10, Mm. to me that set us all, all a buzz. Because what yep. we've been saying over the last three or four years, the running back position has been devalued in the NFL. 
Well, I don't believe that's true. I don't believe the league totally believes that's true because Marshawn Lynch <laughs> has taken them back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. Um, you know, the way that New England ran the ball in the playoffs with an undrafted free agent in LeGarrette Blunt is a big deal. Go right oh, on my Steelers line. missed them. And the Rams <laughs> did that with a deep Steelers. roster, too. Deep roster. And the Rams have now announced to us that they're trying to get back to playing the way that Jeff Fisher did with the Titans. Todd Gurley, when healthy, becomes Eddie George. Wow. Control the football, runner. run the football. Nick Foles becomes Steve McNair, although no one can be Steve McNair in terms of toughness. That's the toughest yeah. quarterback. I put him up there with anyone. He's played in, he played in games where he should have been in a hospital bed and had that type yeah. of leadership that people followed him. But that's how St. Louis wants to play. And, you know, defensively, they're already very good. So this is going to be interesting to see Gurley's return, and he was my favorite running back even with the knee injury. But I thought that that was a very interesting selection. Yeah, absolutely. Really quickly about back to college for a sec. So second year in a row, we had a non-SEC team win the national championship. Ohio State snuck up on us, and, and, and Urban Meyer, I guess he should never sneak up on us because he we know what he did <laughs> in Florida, right? Good um, point. Good point. Is, is the sort of uh, is the rest of college football catching up to the SEC and then specifically in the Big Ten with Harbaugh joining Urban Meyer and the rest of the slew of good coaches that they have there, is the gap closing on the SEC? Plus the Pac-12. Don't forget them. Yeah. Oh, you brought up, you brought up exactly where I was going. I think that you're right on. The, the, the gap has closed to, to the extent that the SEC is still going to be a player each and every year. But that run of seven straight obviously has come to an end. And are we going to see that much see see another type of run start up again? I have my doubts about that type of a run. The SEC is still going to win their share. Okay, it's not like they're going to go away and they won't have teams win national titles. That's not that that that's that's just solid. But the Big Ten, as you point out, especially in the East, Michigan is upgraded with Harbaugh as their head coach. Obviously, what Meyer has done with Ohio State is already documented. The Antonio at Michigan State, he doesn't back down from anyone. And James That's Franklin right. at Penn State, and now, and now they're making them whole again with, the, with scholarships and, and, and off of sanctions. The Big Ten East is rock star central. The Big Ten West has excellent coaches, but they're not rock stars. Chris, I think, is going to do a nice job at Wisconsin. Riley is one of my favorite coaches, and I think Nebraska is going to re-energize him. And I think they they hit a home run after the turmoil they had to deal with with Bo Pelini. Jerry Kill and what he's done in Minnesota every year, I just keep going. He can't keep doing that, can he? And he does. They played for it. Listen, they played the last game of the year last year, the Big Ten West title, and would have played in the Big Ten championship game if they won. That's right. Minnesota. Minnesota. And they have a shot to upset TCU, maybe. Yeah, you know, maybe early on they could upset TCU, Charles. Exactly. They get they get them at home, and that's a Thursday night opener. So you don't you don't count out Minnesota, and then of course Iowa is teetering. Kirk Ferentz knows that his job truly is on the line. Excellent quality coaches in the Big Ten, rock stars in the East, quality coaches in the West, and then you mentioned the Pac-12. The Pac-12 South. <sighs> Maybe the oh, most competitive amazing. conference, and it may be the most competitive division in college football this year. Who do you pick? Arizona, Arizona State, UCLA, USC. I mean, I mean where do you That's go when you're picking that? Right when when you're looking at that at that South Division, okay, and that also includes, I believe, Utah and Colorado. 
I mean, yeah. who do you take? I mean, and here's the one thing people keep saying, well, UCLA doesn't have a quarterback because Josh Rosen's the freshman. We should be past the idea that, that young quarterbacks can't win big games. Winston won it when he was a freshman, right? I mean, we can just go right down the line. These young quarterbacks come in firing now. Better yeah, train, better school, school, more precocious. They they did the seven on sevens, the quarterback training. These kids come in ready to play, and then they play at a pretty high level. Look at last year with Arizona. Look look what a new Solomon did for them at quarterback last year. They went to the no, PSP definitely. Ball. So, I'll, so I'll, Charles, I'll, I'll I got two for you real quick. I want to do it. Okay. I want to I want to jump in and ask you. Give me three or four names that potentially could be battling for the the Heisman Trophy this year. Now, we know Boykin's back from TCU, maybe a, yeah, a Prescott. He's won. You know, I don't know if Ghostin could wake up at Florida State. Who do you think is going to be in the running, maybe even Cardell Jones, uh, for the Heisman Trophy? Yep. Well, Ezekiel Elliott, the running back mm. at Ohio State, has to be involved in that because they will run the football. And yeah. the, run, the role he got on late was big. Whatever quarterback takes the reins and plays all the games at Ohio State, whether it's Cardell Jones, J.T. Braxton, I mean J.T. Barrett, or even Braxton Miller, how about this? Braxton Miller was a two-time Big Ten Player of the Year before he didn't play last year. Barrett was yeah. fifth, I believe, fifth or sixth in the Heisman Trophy last year, and Cardell Jones only won the three most important games in recent years for Ohio State. I mean, that's an embarrassment of riches. All three of them you could put into this thing. Boykin, I think, is a, is a, is a big-time talent at TCU and a guy that has the type of offense and the numbers that can put up that you're going to put out there. And if they go ahead and, and do what they did last year, he will heavily be involved in that. Look out west to Cody Kessler, quarterback. Mm, yeah. Ton of, ton of production, big-time athletes around him to get the football to. And if he keeps those interception numbers as low as last year, the, the touchdown numbers will continue to climb. So those are just a good few guys. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, and they play fast. So because they play fast, they're going to run more plays. They're going to run 85 to 90 plays a game. So that, that allows you more opportunities to sling it around a little bit. And then I'll give you a guy that's just off the, off the radar a little bit is, is, is uh, Booker, the running back out of Utah. I mean, he's a mm. big-time player. And Utah's going to be pretty darn good this year. By the way, they open at home against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. You think there'll be a little, oh, bit, wow. little bit of attention on that game? And if he comes oh, out that's gonna be, well early, look out. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, before we, you know, and we appreciate you joining us. We, we know we can't keep you here forever, but once we get to talking with you, yeah. Charles, it is just <laughs> exciting. So, let me ask you this. When you're looking for the college football playoff, and, again, it will be four teams, and maybe in the future it will yes. expand. You know, I think real fans want eight, but we'll see. I mean, four yeah. is it's – it's sufficient for now. But will any of the SEC teams make it in the Final Four? And which, you know, four or five teams do you think will be there at the end, whether it's the Florida State or Oregon, TCU? What, what team should we look for? Well, I think I think right off the right off the top, I'm thinking Ohio State still is the class mm-hmm. of the Big Ten. I think TCU and Baylor are going to uh, wage it, you know, really leverage it out in the Big Twelve as we sit here now. And I think TCU probably has a little bit of an edge early because Boykin has done it a little more often. But Seth Russell, the quarterback for Baylor, I don't think they're going to miss a beat with him. I think they just know yeah. how to introduce these guys and going to play. I think when you look at the uh, the ACC. Florida State's there, but Deshaun Watson at Clemson, 
give them much more than a puncher's chance of being really, really good. So, so, so I think that that's you know that's somebody to take a good strong look at as, as we look at the ACC, and then of course with the SEC, the SEC West is the conference that runs things. Last year, I was skeptical about Mississippi State and Ole Miss running the table just because DNA being being the target each and every week. They're not used to that, but they both got a taste of it last year. That can only help them going forward to where we're the ones circled instead of we're the ones chasing all the time. It's a different mentality. Alabama, of course, has plenty to prove. They feel like, well, you know, losing in the semifinals is like a, a losing season for them. So you've got plenty of talent that's out there. And in the East, I don't think any of the teams in the East and the SEC are a true national championship contender. But the problem is you, you will have to play one of those teams in the SEC title game. And Missouri the last two years, especially last year, they really put they really gave Alabama a heck of a battle, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the Volters will – I mean that, that that strength of schedule playing that SEC West champion will be will be a huge benefit to them. And also the Pac-12, yeah. we talked about. You know they probably beat up on each other. They're probably looking they, at they, it now. They beat up on each other, but we, you got to figure you got to find out who comes out of the out of the South. And then in the North, I still think it's Oregon and Stanford, and everyone else is still chasing them. So so that's yeah, no, to you're, watch too. You're right about that. Do you like Auburn at all, Charles? How do you like Auburn? I, I like I like I like Auburn a bunch. I think that it's going to be fun to see. They're very excited about the new quarterback that they've got. Um, Malzahn feels good about fixing his defense because he went out and made the big time hire in Muschamp. And remember, they couldn't slow anyone down at all last year, despite Ellis Johnson having had a great resume prior to. So yeah, Auburn is right in right in there swinging away. I mean, once again, the SEC West. <laughs> how'd you like how'd you like to try and wade through that and become a champion? Good luck. Uh, it's going to yeah, be difficult. Too many, too many bruises to come out of there, probably. <laughs> a whole bunch definitely, of Definitely, definitely. It's been great talking with Charles, you Charles, thank yeah, you yeah, so thank much. Thank you so much, Charles. Good luck with the PGA. Good luck with the golf. We we know you're not a football guy, but, but we're rooting for you in any sport you touch because I know you do a great job. And we love we love okay. following you on the, on the air and on all the social media definitely. as well. Each, each, each Saturday, I got my kids loving college football. I got two-year-old twins. And they love college football, and I think you and Gus were a big part of that, so we I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, thank you, and I appreciate that as well. We'll talk soon, I'm sure, okay, guys? Yes, thank definitely, you again, Charles. Definitely, definitely. Keep, keep up the thank great you. work. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, great insight from just the broadcasting extraordinaire, Charles Davis, Amazing on path to the draft this year with Andrew uh, um, Feliciano and um, Daniel Jeremiah. He's you know breaks down the draft. Him and Mike Mayock, you know they're there with Rich Eisen and the fellas. And with college football, him and Gus Johnson, you know they don't maybe always get the A games at Fox because of ESPN and ABC, um, but they usually get Big Twelve maybe some Pac-12 games, but they get exciting games, some Big Ten games, and they make the games even more exciting. So it's just a pleasure, you know, to have him join us. So what do you think about some of his insight? Because I tell you, I I definitely agree with him about Heisman Watch, Kessler, Boykin, um, definitely Ezekiel Elliott, right, and any of those Ohio State quarterbacks. I almost forgot about Ezekiel Elliott who – you're telling Oof. me now that there's four guys on Ohio State. It could only really be two, right? They have to choose one quarterback. But four guys potentially could win the Heisman Trophy. Maybe you should give half the Heisman Trophy to Urban Meyer. 
and then half to the to the player. Because <laughs> he's got three. I mean, think about that. Think about how crazy that is. You have three quarterbacks almost without even laughing. You could say that each one of them should be, could be, and probably will be, whoever wins will finish in the top, call it seven in Heisman Trophy winning. May not win it, may not win it, because, you know, a quarterback from Ohio State, unless they go undefeated, they're probably not going to put up huge numbers. Like you said, Ezekiel Elliott, they're probably going to run a lot. So I don't know that they're going to have the gaudy passing numbers that, you know, a Johnny Manziel had, you know, and some right. like Winston had, you know, some of the other quarterbacks. But could you imagine three guys, any one of them could be a top seven Heisman Trophy candidate. That's unbelievable. I'm t- Urban Meyer doesn't get enough credit. but um, No, no, right now. And we both said it at the end of the season. And, you know, I, 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 think he's, I think he's the best coach in football right now. You know, it's not necessarily a knock on Nick Saban because they were both so close, but I think he surpassed him. And, you know, people forget that first year when they were on probation, they still went undefeated. So, I mean, yep. right now – I got to believe, to me, the best pro is Cardell Jones. I think Barrett and, 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 and of course, um, oh, my gosh, the other quarterback, they're, they're both college football players. Barrett has a chance because he can, you know, he's pretty accurate. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, Miller. Um, but I, but I, just, I just don't see him playing in, in the NFL. To me, Cardell Jones, there's some, there's some NFL in him. So it's going to be fascinating to see. But I'm telling you, and, and even when I said it to Charles, he knows Minnesota, that first week against TCU, they have a chance to disrupt the perfect season for TCU. And if, if TCU survives that game, Ray, I'm telling you, TCU will be in that Final Four, guarantee. Guarantee it, because they're, they're going to be that good this year. We went back to this last year. What is a horned frog? I don't know, but if TCU goes undefeated with the I'll purple, tell you this, you don't want to mess with them, you know. Look, you're not going to see it on 95th and Broadway, I'll tell you that. You know, no. I see a lot of animals out here in the desert, though. You know, so before we get to the NHL and some baseball, let, let's finish up, uh, you know, the NBA a little bit, um, try to bring our caller back on. You know, I, 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 I will say this. Last night, I really felt that Steve Kerr's bold move, and he joked about lying to the media, it was perfect, but it only works if Green and Iguodala played like the way they did. Now, Green missed a couple shots in the beginning, but then, remember, he rattled in that three, and that changed everything, and then Iguodala got going. Because let's be honest, Tom, uh, Curry and, and, and Clay Thompson – they didn't have great games. Curry still has not had a great game. So I, I, I just – And Thompson's only had a great half. So if you think Yes, about he's had a great half. Too, you know, he disappears I mean, a lot was, for me. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, the chess moves for game five are going to be fascinating, you know. The D, it's funny because the D is what Cleveland's hanging their hat on. And, and you know, truth be told, Golden, Golden State's playing great D also. Uh, but obviously – Especially Iguodala. Have more, have more pressure on them because they're guarding more players. They're guarding more offensive players, right? But, I, you know, in the chess match, so here's the question. I'll throw it out to you guys. I think Oren, uh, our call is back with us. Here's our question. So in the chess match, right, so if Steve Kerr stays with the small lineup, does David Blatt have enough confidence in his swing players, in his, in his Millers and his 
Marion, you know, and as James Jones is to play small, or does he say, look, I live and die by Mozart and Tristan Thompson, and basically if he's small, I'm big, and and there's no way I'm going to match up small because I just don't have confidence in my seventh, eighth, and ninth men. I'll tell you this, it's, it's a mistake. I would, I would, as much as I love Timofey, you don't always have to play him and Thompson together against Golden State. So let Timofey come in off the bench and be your offensive scorer when you actually need to give LeBron a little breather, but you still have another offensive player out there. He showed that he can score and he can get points on David Lee or Green. So let him be your sixth man with JR and start James Jones, Miller, or Marion in the lineup have Thompson play green and be center. You can put Marion or anybody on Barnes because Barnes is not offensively, you know, on the attack and have LeBron on Iguodala. And then that way, strategically, you can do so much more and you can spread the floor. You can't underestimate their speed, but then their momentum, especially when Cleveland, what have they done to win? They slow the game down. So, yeah, that's an argument to stay big, but it, it's, it's not working. And then you wear out your guys to get tired because of the fact that, you know, Timofey can't go out on green, and he's running all over the place, and that's why they got so many offensive boards. After that 7-0 run, there was like a, what, like a 16 to like 4 uh, run from Golden State or something. So he's got to try something different. And Timofey off the bench, that's the move. And don't, don't rest LeBron again in the beginning of the fourth quarter. If I see that, I'm, I'm, I'm slapping Black. And I'm let me tell you, what, he's about to lose his job, LeBron, Ray. Wait, wait, but the, Trust the me. The LeBron James is his rest is LeBron Shumpert, who played point guard at Georgia Tech, played with some point guard. And he is so afraid, David Blatt is so afraid of Della Vadova being on his own bringing the ball up that he needs somebody else to play the backup point guard, and that's LeBron James. So if LeBron James is not in the game, I feel like Iman Shumpert has to step up. David Blatt is going to play him, of the 48 minutes, he's going to play him 44 or 45. I really feel like he has no confidence in the Cavs' ability to handle the ball. Hold on. we got another caller. I think this yep. is Hank. Hank, what's up? Oh, You're on the air. Hank. Hey, what's up, y'all? I uh, wasn't actually just—I was just listening, but uh, oh, okay. but uh, yeah, man. I look. I'm selfish. I'm a Knicks fan, so I want Game Seven. And, and the only <laughs> exactly. way that's gonna happen. Keep playing. The only way that's and the only way it's gonna happen. I hate to say it, is if Jr. puts up 25. And yeah. you know. He could put up 25 one game and then put up three the next game, and that's why they're not going to win this series, you know? It's unfortunate. Well, how you guys crazy are is that is the Cavs are now dependent on J.R. And, and you're probably right because they need an offensive threat. You know, maybe Mozgov is the number two threat now, but they need a third option, especially since Golden State looks like they're going to be scoring between 90 and 100 every game. They need another guy to score 20, and that guy is J.R. Smith. The Cavs' fortunes rest on our boy, J.R. Smith, the former Nick. 
<laughs> yeah. It's well, crazy. wait, wait, but, and, but, you know, but listen, Della Vadova can score if he's hitting threes. You know, I mean, this guy was the leading scorer uh, in St. Mary's history, and he did score, what, 20 the other night. He just was so exhausted. When you go to the hospital after cramping, and then you saw in the first quarter, he was walking like yeah. he had poopy in his pants. Those cramps were killing him. Yeah. So let's be yeah. real that if the dude is rested, even for game, you know, for the next game, for game five, He's got a shot to to hit some threes. The problem yeah, is also, yeah. if you notice, but you got to look at their spacing. And somebody made exactly. a great point today that I heard. Sometimes you have to put LeBron James in the pick and roll, but let him be the screener. You have to give the Warriors different things to defend. Don't always just send Thompson or somebody else to set the pick for LeBron. Why don't you sometimes let LeBron set the pick, and then you got to worry about him. You know what I mean? So I, I just feel that their, their, their offense is so vanilla, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. The isolation, the screen and roll, they, they have to mix it up. And I know you don't have love in Kyrie, but you've got to try other things. You just have to. Yeah, it's kitchen sink, you know. Go ahead, No, I was just saying, you're right. It's kitchen sink. When you lose two starters, you know, all of a sudden this looks – you know, this reminds me of the Miami Heat team when Dwayne Wade went down and Bosch wasn't showing up and people were dissing the Miami's culture not being creative enough offensively. You know, it's it's going to be kitchen sink at this point, and I feel bad for Blatt because he's going to get blamed for this. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know if any other coach would be able to do anything different on the fly with two starters out, you know. Probably not, yeah, we look but back, Hank, you have to agree that he's got to take a, he's got to take a risk, right? At some point, yes. Kerr, even Kerr, let's be honest, Kerr can say whatever he wants. They double teamed a lot last night against LeBron. We all saw it in the press conference. They were saying, "Oh, did you guys shade a little bit more?" And he's like, "Uh, maybe a little. No, not really." BS. They sent the yeah, second lying. man he's to LeBron so much. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You saw it. They right, shaded man. him, and they double-teamed a lot, man. 100% right. You look, you know, Steve Kerr is a liar. He even admitted it. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> and which, he's a smart liar. Tell you, yeah, he's a smart liar. Don't get me wrong. I mean, also just tells you that, you know, all these uh, press conferences during the series are a waste of time. I know they have oh, to totally. go for media obligations, but they're a waste of time. I'd rather put, you know, Riley Curry up there and have her mess around. Watch that. That's Hank. Definitely agree. Right there. Yeah, there you go. No, no, def- definitely agree. So what's the – let me ask you guys, and Oren, you can chime in first with this, and, and Hank, while you're there too, let me ask you this. In, in the crazy, shocking upset, how do the Cavaliers win in seven games? Because I don't think they can – I think we would all agree they can't win in six. But how – what's the recipe, and how could they win in game seven? And get oh, I, think, I really believe that – let's look at it in this way. Two starters out, that's 40 points pretty much out of, the, out of the window. You won three games with the sticking to a system. I don't think you totally abandoned the system that they got known now because that's the best way they could win. I just think they were all gassed, and we all knew that the fatigue was set in. Let's see how they come back without getting more rest. And you play the same way because you have to have LeBron James, the ball in his hand, predominantly most of the time. He's the best – passer and the best person to find out and read the defenses. 
and you have to you pretty much have to let him captain captain the ship because to be honest, Trump, I mean, they all do do a good game. I expect him to probably have a good game, game five or or even game six. He's do a good game because that's how he is. But you you have to unfortunately, LeBron has to get a triple double of getting forty plus points to win each game, and there's no other way to look at it but that. You know, if he gets more contributions, that's great. But he has to be the driving force, and as long as his body can hold up, they have a shot. You know, we just saw. I don't. I, I think that. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm rooting for uh, Golden State, but I don't, I'm not counting the Cavs out in, at all because LeBron bounces back, he still can't be stopped, and that's the whole thing is that he's not going to fall out, he can't be stopped. So you got to just he has to take over and probably have the best game of his career to close out Game Seven. Hank, what about you? I, I agree with everything he's saying, except you know, in order for him the last to a game seven, just physically, you know, they're going to have to find a way for him not to play 45 minutes a game. And I think the only way you do that is if, you know, they are or shop or somebody can put up 20 to 25 points, you know, would you play Miller and Marion Hank? Well, Here's the thing. I would only play Marion if, if he could help me defensively. I just, you know, offensively, does Marion really have anything left? You're right. He used to be a heck of a defensive player. So, at the very least, I would put Marion in to give fouls and play tough defense um, because, you know, just, just so just so LeBron doesn't get worn out on the defensive end. So, right. I would do that. Mil- Miller... To be honest, he can still shoot. He looks horrible. He looks horrible. I don't, you know, I, he's not he healthy. So stiff. Yeah, he just you just look at him when he checked into the game and he threw those two inbounds passes in game four. He just looks like. Uh, uh, Are you trying to say like ninety four Knicks? He's Orlando Blackman and Pat Riley can't go to him. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Go there. Wow, you have to wow. Bring back bad memories. Oh, actually, next thing I say is OJ and the Bronco. Come on. Oh, hey, man. listen, listen. I'm going to tell you this. This is where black. When you're in the finals and you're this close and you have LeBron, two things. One. You have to try for game five to only play him. It has to be on a minute watch. Play him 42 minutes. Rest him towards the end of the first quarter. Rest him towards the end of the third. But the fourth quarter, he has to start on the floor. You can't have the Warriors getting these runs. But you have to, even if you knock it from 46 and 44 and 45 down to 41 and 42, that will make a difference. And guess what? Take a chance. Put in Marion. Maybe if Miller looks too crippled, put in the young kid, Joe Harris. You're not going to kill your team if these guys are in for a couple of minutes and, God forbid, they get hot and hit a shot. You, you know, if you don't give someone a chance, how do you know that they can, can, you know, can't do it? So give them an the opportunity to fail. Because other guys out there on the court, you know, on the court needing, like, you know, a medic. They can't breathe. It's ridiculous. You know? So that, that's, my, that's, my, that's the way I look at it. Ray, what do you, what do you say? I mean – do they have a shot? You know what? I think is it'll be the Warriors in six. Uh, I think the Warriors win five. I think game six, just you run on the gas. You can't be this intense for this many minutes and still have something in the tank in the in the third and fourth quarter. So 
I agree with what you're saying that in order for them to win, somebody's got to step up, and LeBron's minutes in games five and six has to come down so that he'll play, you know, 47 minutes in game seven. But uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know. And, and, and David Blatt has shown no confidence in his guys. So now suddenly you get the tap on the shoulder in game five if you're Mike Miller or if you're Sean Marion. James Jones got a little bit has gotten a little bit more minutes, but it's tough. It's tough. Um, you know, next on Monday we'll see how they played over the weekend, but I, I just think it's too too tall of a task for the Cavs. And look, to go down four two in an NBA Finals when your top two players, your top, your, your, sorry, your second and third best players. Scores like Warren said, twenty point a game scores. You know, top five at their positions. That's nothing to hang your head at. That's nothing. That's right. nothing to see that. You're right. Yeah. But, but here, here's one thing I want to throw out to everybody here. There's one other player that I see standing up all the time that can get minutes. Brendan Haywood. Why is he not in there getting rebounds? Oh, because he's garbage. exactly. He's more garbage. <laughs> he is garbage. But you know what he can do. He, he, but well, and he can rebound, and maybe he can help on the glass. So when you've got to rest Timofey, Ray's guy, maybe Hayward can go in there and bang for three minutes, plus give you some fouls. If nothing else, he takes space um, and allows you to cheat out on those three-point shooters a little bit more. So yeah, I would throw in Hayward too. I, listen, to me, I, I don't see how I go to a Western. And I'm in a gunfight, and I don't shoot my bullets. Freaking shoot something, right? You can't sit there and be like, oh, I've got a great gun, or, you know, I don't know if this gun works. It used to work. No, throw it out there, and then you know, okay, guess what? Marion looked bad for two minutes. I won't play him again. Brendan Hayward went out there. He got a foul, two rebounds. That was helpful. I mean, it's just it's, it's, it's just a breather. That's all it is. Nobody's saying that these guys have to play half a quarter. But a little bit of rest will help. I mean, you can't have Della Vadova cramping. And, and, and I'm telling you now, Della Vadova is going to have to score. I, I honestly don't believe you can trust J.R. and Shump. Now, I hope J.R. can give you one of those games. Now, what J.R. needs to do, get some easy baskets. When they come to rush you at the three-point line, just give a pump fake, penetrate, go, you know, penetrate and, 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 and throw up a shot and make it. Wait a minute, or wait take a, minute, a 12-footer, God forbid, but I don't you know, like a mid-range jumper. Wait, but I don't like to shoot open shots. This is the same guy. <laughs> I know, the knucklehead. I like to uh, shoot shots. I know. Don't tell me to take open 12. But that's why I tell I you, Ray, like you can't rely on him. The dude is psycho. <laughs> what did he come in on a scooter yesterday? Everybody's talking about him. You know, I, listen, I, I love JR because he's loosey-goosey and whatever, but if he's just chucking up like John Starks, you know, and I'm not a Cavs fan either, but I respect what LeBron is trying to do for history's sake. And to me, I'm not going to let Jr. slash John Starks shoot me out of it and not even, you know, give me an opportunity. I'd rather, I'd rather see Joe Harris go two for eight than to see Jr. go three for 13 or, or, or even Della Vadova with cramps shooting three for 13. That's insane. I'm not, I can't go out like that. I just can't. It's, to me, you got to try something different. And I'm, I'm telling you, the locker room was pissed. He's going to try something different. You'll see David Black will try something different. Uh, I, I guess he has to. But remember what I you guys hate. are talking about now, right? You guys are talking about game, you know, th- this is still, you know, a long series potentially, and you're talking about desperation on the part of the Cavs. 
try anything. Try things you haven't done all year. That's crazy. No, but they, they, you can't say that. They have all year. Remember, he was playing 10 guys. All these guys have played because during the season, guess what? LeBron was out. Kyrie was out. Love was out. Remember, he used to play 9 to 10 guys. Marion played during the season. So, so did Miller. I mean, these guys played. You know what I mean? But so it's, it's not like ago, they have never about, played. True, but that was two, three months ago. Think about how your game is off if you don't practice for three, four days let alone three, four months of real, you know, competitive basketball. And they're not in practice. They're just going through the motions right now. Everybody's so beat up. They're just looking at film and basically running a straw man. So I, you can't just plug a guy in. I mean, they are professionals, but it's very difficult to plug a guy in and expect production in an NBA final. Hey, Popovich has done it. See, this is why Pop – see, let me tell you something. You can't play afraid. And the three of you to me sounded like you're playing afraid. Okay, you, you're sitting there. Where you're sitting there with the, the dealer. The dealer's showing twenty. Your hand's showing sixteen, and you're just gonna sit there and lose. No, take a hit. You might get a five. Take a hit. You might get a five, baby. And then you leave Vegas, and you're like, yeah, we did it because we went for oh. it. You gotta go for it, baby. That's all I'm saying. Listen, Hank. Oh, it. we appreciate the calls. You guys are great. We gotta get into the Stanley Cup and, and a little bit of baseball. Your boy Albert Pujols is going crazy, so we gotta talk about it a little bit. So, you guys, thanks for joining the show and call us back Monday, man. We gotta we gotta see what happens on Sunday. No It'll problem. be a good day. Have a good right, day. Have a good yeah. Day. All right. So, yeah, we had Charles Davis on the show, Hank. I don't know if you heard it, but uh, he's talking a little college and, and NFL. So check that out. Yeah, definitely check that out. Really good. Thanks, guys. Okay, Ray, it's 2-2. We got to wait till Saturday. Ben Bishop, we don't know if he's going to play. Like Steve Kerr, the coach didn't say anything, and then he wasn't there. The young kid played good for goalie, you know, for the lightning and goal. But are you concerned about your lightning pick and them going forward without Bishop and have the Blackhawks sort of found something where maybe they can go on the road and take – take command of this series yes i am concerned i'm sticking with my tampa Bay lightning pick because i have a feeling that john cooper is going to use the right goalie he'll do the right thing for you know ben bishop i don't know what's wrong you know in hockey it's a bunch of Bill Belichick's running out there. Because, you know, you're like, oh, he has a lower extremity injury. What does that mean? <laughs> is that my toe? Is that my knee? Mom is, is the word. My, you know, my femur? My, you know, what is that? You don't even have an injury report if you're going to be that vague. So, yeah. The, the, the truth of the matter is, Chicago's not playing that well. And I still think, cumulatively, Tampa Bay's played better in this series. So, Very I true. still think that they can. They can do it. I still think they can win. So, you know, uh, uh, the the kid Vasilevsky played well. Um, Mm -hmm. By all accounts, he's ready. You know, they didn't lose because of him. He can do enough to win. You know, Ben Bishop is not, you know, Martin Brodeur or or Henrik Lundqvist, right? He's a decent goalie, but he's not, you know, he's not winning you a Stanley Cup single-handedly like some of the greats have. So it's just a matter of you're playing better than the Blackhawks and your goalie just has to just has to do his job, you know, pull his weight. So 
that, that I'm sticking with my Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sticking with my Lightning. Okay, I, I I got a funny feeling that the Blackhawks are going are to be able to go get one and then win back at home in six. Now, I don't remember the beginning if I picked them to go seven, but you know I went with the Blackhawks. I'm sticking with them, but I I think uh, I think they got a shot here. I think that you know they're going to take that momentum, and I think the veterans are going to step up. Patrick Kane is going to step up. It, it, it's going to happen. So. That NBA talk was a lot of fun. You know, it makes you feel good. You get hyped up. It was great talking with Charles. Let's finish strong with a little bit of baseball. Hey, you know, I wanted you to hear something, too. You know, we we had O on, so we couldn't, you know, rock with it, and, and, and Charles had, had, had joined us. And the great thing is he talked about the draft and, and you know, the Cowboys. We've got to mention the Eagles. They released Evan Mathis. Your boy Des Bryant's talking about holding out like Emmett Smith. And all of that is this. You are now listening to the NFL Talk. There you go. Oh, yeah. Little Ray NFL Talk with Ray and Tay. All the sports. We'll talk NFL, baseball, basketball. So let's just let me ask you this: Should the Jets sign Evan Mathis? Should the Jets sign Evan Mathis? A lot of teams are talking about going after him. And do you think Chip Kelly sort of did he make is he making a mistake with getting rid of you know all these guys? And you know what? It's hard for me to get in Chip Kelly's mind because he's such a unique. (laughs) character and he runs such a unique system that I, I That's a pleasant way to say it, Ray, unique. <laughs> no, I can't even relate to Chip Kelly and his system. Look, he's had success, so I can't knock it, right? So I, I don't know what goes on in this guy's mind, right? You th- you figure some of the moves he's made, I don't know if he makes moves just to make moves or if just people don't buy into his college supercharged offense, you know, drinking his shakes. Drink it. Look, some of it I like, though. Some of it is science, you know, updating some of the common practices in football. So I, I don't know. I mean, look, I think the Jets' roster is pretty good. I think it's now it's a matter of getting Geno Smith comfortable or Ryan Fitzpatrick, whoever ends up being the quarterback, and just giving them a comfort in settling the roster. That's why I actually don't think the Jets should make any roster moves on offense. I think that they just – this is who you got, and let's make the most of it. Yeah, no, I I hear you with that. I just, uh, I wonder, I think Mathis still has some talent, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, sort of who uh, picks him up. Um, You know, some other stuff off the, the, uh, not really off the field, but I guess kind of um, before we head to this baseball, your boy, Brooke Lopez, is uh, potentially going to be courted by the Milwaukee Bucks. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Kids? If the Bucks could add a center, whether you know, because they're not going to have our boy Sanders, whatever happened there. If they can get Brook Lopez or Tyson Chandler, um, with what they're building and what Jason Kidd is doing, that's not bad. You know, not that, bad. Uh, as long as you have a monster rebounder next to him, then I think Brook Lopez can be that offensive center that's really lacking in today's NBA. So. Give him a four that can – it's almost like 
Anthony Davis will be – he is special. I think he's probably the second-best player in the league. But I think right. it's crucial for him to play the four, right? Don't let him play the five. Don't have him bang up like Al Horford, right, playing out of position. He's really a four, but they have him playing the five. So as long as you put Brooke Lopez as your five, you're fine if you have a monster at the four that can give you toughness and rebound. And Brooke Lopez, who's a, a below-average rebounder given his size and his, you know, physical abilities, uh, let him focus on offense. He picked it up in the second half, though, with his rebounding and block shots. But he's not well, Ray, you know what? They're being aggressive. Did you did you hear about their trade? Not only did they get new jerseys, the Bucks traded Ersan Ilyasova to the Pistons for our main man, UConn's own, the veteran. I like this, Karan Butler and uh, Sean Williams. So, so that's, that's pretty interesting. a veteran move that Jason Kidd wants to get more wily veterans and winners on his team. Yeah. And Arizona West, I mean, frankly, is up and down. He's so erratic as a player. You know, sometimes you look at the box score or you watch the games if you're if you're bold and you've got the NBA package. So you see, and, and he'll put up, you know, 23 and 15. He's like, wow, this kid can play, the Turkish assassin. And then the next game, he'll go six and three. 15, and they'll give you, you know, <laughs> seven points, four rebounds, and, and, you know, four turnovers. You're totally right. And the veterans will stabilize that locker room. Jason Kidd's a smart guy. I think that, um, you know, they know what they're doing. Real quick, we're about to end with the baseball. Can anyone stop the Toronto Blue Jays? Eight in a row, they're going for nine. That I want to ask you. Is Pujols, I don't want to say juicing, but, you know, he's finding the family youth with 17 homers. Now, he's not Stanton, who's leading majors at 22. And also... We're watching the collapse seven in a row of the Astros. I'm nervous for them. Give me your thoughts. Yeah. So Pujols passes Mickey Mantle. And, again, these yes. numbers are a little bit yes. skewed, but still. Anytime you can pass Well, he's Mickey never been Mantle. positive with anything, so we don't want to say his numbers are skewed. No, That's not totally fair. Of course. Now, you got to figure that the Toronto Blue Jays, they win eight out of ten, but they're still only one game over five hundred. The three back of the Yankees. I think that AL East is open to everybody, maybe everybody except the Red Sox, the team that I've predicted to win it all. Um, Houston Astros. The good thing for them is their their division's terrible, right? The Rangers yeah. and the Angels are still hovering around five hundred. The Mariners, who everybody loves, is uh, six games under five hundred. So I still think that the Houston Astros, who don't know what it's like to win consistently. They can go through a slump in June, a June swoon, if you will, um, and mm-hmm. still hang on to win that division. So I don't think Texas is going to catch them. I think the Angels, if anything, will catch them, and it might take till August, September to do that. But you know what? Houston Astros are fine. I think they're all right. They, they're, they, won se- they lost seven in a row. I, I get it. But they're still two and a half games up, and they're still up uh, – three games in the loss column against the Angels and six games in the loss column against the Mariners. Again, I, I don't think the Rangers are going to, are going to hold on. I think they'll, they'll hit a wall sometime soon, especially when it gets hot down there in Arlington. Oh yeah. And it, it's definitely going to happen. And it's definitely going to be hot. I, I like what the Yankees are doing and I think the Blue Jays will start to slow down. So that'd be good if they can hold them off. So we got a, a good weekend coming up in sports. We'll be back Monday, probably with a guest. Probably have uh, Ian Bagley join us to talk the Knicks and the NBA draft coming up. Real excited about that. Obviously, the Bucks are already making trades, so 
the draft and free agency, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to heat up. Let's make our picks. Give me a score. Sunday night, game five, Cavs at Warriors. The Oracle will be fired up. Everybody will have their yellow T-shirts and ready to go. I think this game's another blowout. I think the the Warriors start to get their offense right. So I think they win 103-84. So almost like last night, 103-82. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree a little bit. I think the Warriors win. Um, I'll say 101-97. Um, oh, you got a But I, I do think the Warriors. I do think they win. And I still have my Cavs in seven. So great, great show with Charles Davis calling in. We had great guests with Oren and Hank. A lot of fun. And um, everybody, you know, check it out on iTunes.com backslash Ray and Tate today to hear the Charles Davis interview, and we'll tweet it out. Um, a lot of great information on the Heisman, college football playoff, and NFL draft, and some of those great sleepers. So thanks for listening. Great show. Have a great morning.